Hi friends, welcome to our podcast, The Albecchio Show. This podcast covers technology, business and sport, my happy trifecta. This podcast will see an array of guests and friends feature and share their stories, educating us both in the process. The person I'm speaking with today runs a special kind of company, disrupting the football apparel and boot market, and doing so in an educational and respectful manner, whilst tackling some of the biggest areas of concern this moment in time, sustainability and climate change. I'm here with Jake Hardy, founder and CEO of Sakito. Hey Jake, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with jet lag, I won't lie. But um I'm really, really chuffed to have you on and, and to speak about Sakito. Thanks so much for coming on the Albecchio show and telling our listeners, well, due to tell our listeners all the good things that you bring to the world. First and foremost, Tell us a bit more about Sakito. So Sakito are essentially a sustainable football brand at the moment, specializing in football boots. We make at the moment boots from sustainably sourced materials, bio-based materials, recycled materials. We're also the first company in the world that can recycle football boots. And it's just a start for us, to be quite honest. So we don't see ourselves as just living in the football boot space. We see ourselves as living in football and talking to passionate football people, essentially. And what that means is we want to sort of educate fans about climate change and what's happening in the the world in quite a nice, welcoming, friendly way, rather than uh, the world is ending kind of way. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think it's quite easy to kind of get distracted by the the propaganda in the news and that narrative. Um, And if I may say you do it in such an eloquent way, I guess this comes around to my next question. Why are you so interested in sustainability? I know we've had some wonderful chats since meeting, um, well, God, probably less than six months ago. And I know you've done a lot of research into your company and admirably so. Uh, what's been the driver for you? What's the purpose around sustainability apart from the obvious? Yeah, to be honest with you, so I, I sort of got into the Sakito journey by accident, to be honest. Like my passion was football and football boots. And when I started was actually back in 2017 was like when the initial sort of idea came to me at that point I was still trying to play football that never worked out because I was never very good but at the time I I sort of bought and sold football boots so I was uh, running a small little online retailer and we used to buy and sell sort of like limited edition hard to find boots so that was always my passion rather than sustainability Um, and I was then essentially on holiday in Vietnam And there was like all of these like overnight tailor shops. And I went in and I tried to get a pair of football boots made because they used to make all sorts of shoes. And what I found out is they used to buy all of the scrap material that was going to landfill from big um, brand factories, essentially in, in Asia and Vietnam. And they'd cut around all of the imperfections and they'd essentially save this material from like scrap, essentially. And it got me thinking about like, okay, well, that would have just gone to waste. So that's really bad. And we've now got these amazing products from it. So I just started looking into football's impact on the environment, in particular football boots, and found out that 12 and a half million pairs of boots go into landfill every year, which is an, an enormous amount because it takes like thousands of years to decompose. And even when they do, they leave toxic substances all, all behind in the, in, the, in the earth, essentially. And it just seems crazy because football, which is this like huge power for good, we all know having been in and around the space that it's probably the best thing in the world at spreading positive messaging. You know, it's bigger than any other social group, any other religion. And right now it's contributing to the climate crisis. And 
that phrase, like contribute to the climate crisis, is very confusing and it doesn't really mean a lot. But what it basically means is our kids won't be able to play football in the same way that we have, which is quite a scary prospect because there'll be droughts, there'll be flooded pitches, so there won't be access to two games, which, um, you know, is, is so at this point, it's almost like about ensuring the um, participation in football for future generations. Yeah, well, when you kind of put it like that, it's, for me, it's, I guess I've been blindly ignorant to it prior to kind of meeting you. Um, you kind of just take for granted that the amount of boots that players go through. You know, if you think about the pros, you, you see them churn out new boots pretty much every game. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the question begs whether they go after that. You touched on the kind of damage, I guess, that, that football can have on the environment. Do you have any particular metrics around that or any percentages or stats you can share? Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of stats, right? That, the one that I touched on there of 12.5 million pairs of boots going to land for every year is a huge, huge number. That's football boot specific. I think that the scary thing is sort of like looking at football and pitches and accessibility and that sort of thing. And probably the, the most daunting is that by 2050, a quarter of current professional football uh, stadiums will be partially or totally flooded each year. And that's professional clubs. That's not grassroot, grassroots clubs. You know, it's the pitches that have the best drainage facilities. And they're going to be underwater in like 25 years, which is just so scary. And, you know, like football just has this amazing power, right? And of spreading messaging and I honestly if we can sort of mobilize football fans through the use of players then and clubs then like I think quite literally it could help to to spread the messaging which will help to essentially save the world and that's such a big statement it's quite daunting and scary to say but I think it, it is that big yeah well, I mean, comparably, so, you know, you talk about football and everything you've said, you know, I believe to be true about the sheer impact football can have for good for bad. You know, you see a lot of good examples of how football does um, connect the world. However, you know, from conversations with you, I do understand now that boots containing petrochemicals will be dumped in landfills, not even just in this country, it'll be kind of further afield. But you touched on it right at the start. So Sakito actually recycles not only, assumably, your own boots, but it will be Nike, Adidas, any of the big players. That's correct, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if, if every time we sell a pair of boots on our, on our site, people can send back their old pair and we actually give them discount for sending that old pair. And it's any brand and any condition. And I think that's quite an important standpoint and hopefully representative of what we're trying to represent as a brand, which is reducing football's impact on the environment it's not okay we'll recycle boots but only ours like they will go to waste so we want to be the ones that that help to try and fix that and we're working on a lot of, sort of really exciting projects at the moment which um, help to essentially use and utilize those end-of-life materials so that when they're recycled they will be turned into new boots or parts of those will go into new boots and it will be like entirely trackable so you can see exactly where the pair of boots you recycled are now, which will be in a new pair. But that's sort of like long-term planning. Um, yeah, it's like I say, it's we, we essentially want to sort of raise awareness. And if we can in any way raise awareness of the issues 
or help to reduce the impact on the environment of football, then we will do it. Um, whether that's selling Sakito boots or um, just doing something to raise raise the awareness, like I say. That's incredible. It's um, for anyone listening, and, and to be honest with you, even in the kind of short time we spent talking about this, I think you'll agree that Jake's passion for doing the right thing and for having a good set of ethics and, and beliefs um, is pretty apparent right off the bat. Um, I'll say it, Jake, so you don't have to. Adding to what you said there about all the good things that you're doing and being able to follow redundant boots and on their new journey, let's say, and, and all these good things. I know that you've done a lot of impressive work with Will Trustekong around his um, his recent transfer from Watford uh, to a loan club in Italy around the carbon emissions and negating those. Um, can you tell me a little bit more? Do you have any other examples you can share there? Yeah, sure. So I suppose just to, to give the full picture on... On that in particular. So Will Trustekong, who's one of our investors, one of our shareholders, he transferred from Watford to Salernitana in the last January window. We then sort of worked with him. He's been around us and around Sakita and really cares about sort of our mission and, you know, using his platform to benefit the planet. So we decided essentially to work with him to monitor the carbon that was offset during his transfer. So that was the taxis to the airport, the flights, and then vice versa on the other side, all of the other um, things involved in a transfer, we measured that carbon output and we then worked to uh, find a solution for that, to offset that. And offsetting, put quite simply, essentially is, is a process which takes the carbon out of the atmosphere, which has been emitted during a process. So the carbon which was emitted during his flights, we identified a farm in Italy um, which will physically went to to plant olive trees, which over time will take the carbon from those flights out of the atmosphere and embed it within the tree. And that's not just one of these schemes, which is like sort of planting trees and no one knows where they go. And it's an offset uh, thing that is just far away and um, doesn't really exist. Yeah, Will physically went there, planted the trees. And it's quite an amazing thing because going into a lot more detail now, but... Um, the Italian farmers, there was a big issue with olive trees. And I think a third of the, the population of olive trees essentially um, were killed due to this disease. So offsetting the carbon through this also helps benefit the Italian farmers and teaches them sustainable farming practices for the long term. So we'll then use that his platform to talk about you know, these small things that we can do and hopefully sort of drive a little bit of awareness to the fact that flights are one of the biggest contributors to carbon emissions and for me like that was great right it was covered sky the athletic all over the place like the who's who but for me like the biggest thing that I take from that is we when we worked with Will saw that he flew business on his flights to the club and we told him like if you fly economy that has a, a lower carbon output because essentially it takes up less less space on the plane and all that sort of stuff so when he then transferred to Greece this summer, he flew economy. So it's like these small little things, um, like little learnings. And that's, I suppose, where I see Sakito having quite a unique position. Like we never want to come across preachy. We never want to sit on a high horse and kick people down for like trying to learn and trying to do a little bit more. We always want to be the ones that almost encourage mistakes. And that's a strange thing, right? But like we've done it ourselves. Like until two months ago, we banked with Barclays. 
until we then found out that because of because they sponsored Wimbledon that Barclays were one of the biggest uh, contributors to uh, fossil fuel related funding so we then changed but like we didn't know that people don't know everything so it's about sort of like giving that initial education I suppose yeah sure I and I'd certainly put myself in that category you know in the short time that I've known you Jake like I've, I've certainly been humbled and educated in in a very very kind and affording way um and, and it's just it's just been pure ignorance you know I've played football for x amount of years you know I'm um I'm a big advocate and keeping a pair of boots for at least 18 months anyway but I guess the point is like even for me like I, I typically donate my boots you know providing they're in good spec yeah but it, it just goes to show like there, there was no kind of thought on my part as, as to what might happen after that or the impact that that has on the environment and like you know you that example you gave about kind of changing who you bank with that is that just kind of speaks volumes to the level that you go to and and again I, I must profess I've not found it preachy to use your word but just completely educational um and, and something I've, I've wanted to kind of learn more about and I'll come on to it shortly but speaking to female athletes as part of the next round of funding and investment you know I, I think again it's opening eyes and and opening ears to what's going on and and again it's, it's just an educational point you know and, until you I haven't found too many reliable sources of such information I know that you also have a vegan range as well as part of the Sakito brand can you talk to me about the different boots you have um, I understand and quote me if oh, well tell me off if I'm wrong but I think your first kind of boot that's out now is between 57 and 69 percent uh, comprised of um, recycled or sustainably sourced materials. Is that correct? Yeah, sure. I'm just just to like very quickly jump back to the sort of educational side of things. Like the biggest stat that I always go back to, Bex, is that eight um, percent of football fans don't know what single-use plastic is. And that was a study with Birmingham FA, and that's huge, right? That's the very low end of understanding what climate change is so we don't have to sit here and pretend that everyone's perfect in the organization because we're not like i use single-use plastic bottles when there's nowhere to refill a bottle like we all do these things when there's no other option but if we can just educate that there is something going on and to try and sort of make informed decisions about how you live your day-to-day -day life like that's the the best step and best approach for us i think and then i think just jumping back to to the boots yeah, so as you say, at the moment there, we have a few different types of boot. They are around 60% sustainable. So what that means is it has recycled materials, sustainably sourced materials or bio-based materials. And bio-based materials mean um, essentially materials that are derived from plant-based materials. And we also have one boot which is certified as vegan by the Vegan Society. And that is the first boot which was um, but they gained that certification essentially. Uh, we're also working on a new boot, which will be ready very soon, which is super, super exciting, um, which is uh, essentially made almost entirely from bio-based materials. So it has a whole host of fruit and vegetable derived ingredients, whilst also being like really high performing. And that's what it always comes down to, I think is performance. Like when we developed the boots, the first one, the Devista took three years to develop. And that was because like, we were trying to cram all of these sustainable materials into a shoe that also performed. And you'd take a football boot, right? It's 
under more pressure than any other shoe ever really i suppose like it's used to kick things all the, all the time and turn and like it's under so much stress that it's impossible to get to 100 percent sustainable right now but i'm sure at some point it will be so we sort of balanced during the development process um performance price and planet i had to perform we couldn't compromise on performance at all because otherwise there's no no point in having a, a football boot really and anything that we could do then that worked within certain price points. Sure. For example, we couldn't have a thousand pound shoe because no one would buy it and we couldn't spread our messaging and also had the lowest impact on, on the planet. Um, and we, you know, we've had some really good reviews on the product itself. You know, a lot of our investors are wearing the boots. And when I say investors, um, I'm talking about the 16 footballers that we have as investors throughout the, the football pyramid here and in Europe and yeah the the feedback's been been really good and it's sort of like step one on our journey to trying to make football football boots football apparel a little bit more sustainable sure um, you, you touched on it very briefly but can you share some of the materials that do go into the boots yeah sure so the boot at the moment I'll touch on the the vegan boot so a lot of the upper so the top part of the shoe is made from um recycled nylon which the majority comes from carpet there's recycled paper as one of the reinforcements on the inside the stitching the lining and the laces are made from recycled plastic bottles there's recycled rubber which comes from tires in the insole and then there's bio-based plastic on the outsole which is made from beans and essentially instead of using the fossil fuel as petroleum in this case to build the plastic use oil which is derived from a castor bean uh, to build that that's pretty special yeah it's um you know i guess if there were kind of any naysayers or potential doubters and <clears throat> you know as you said the, the three p's there is there a way that you can kind of still deliver performance whilst you know considering the impact on the world and actually picking a, a good boot that, that you can do well in yeah it just i mean i've worn the boots personally and, and i must say super super comfortable i've worn nike pretty much all my life and i was immediately surprised you know <laughs> not that i expected to be wearing like a breeze block on my foot but you know to how soft it is considering you've got all these recycled materials it just how it comes from one state into another essentially is my point and, and again the more you talk, hopefully the more people can understand why Sakito is such an important brand and, and doing such a great deal of work. Um, I know there's one question that you get probably quite often, and I want to touch on it because I've had a couple of people ask me it. You must get a lot of intrigue around the concept of the boots. For example, what is stopping Nike or Adidas or another producing sustainable boots? What's your response to that? So... Essentially, it's it's I think the the willingness to be able to do that. Um, you know, Nike, Adidas, Puma own the majority of the football boot market, but they're also three of the biggest, two of the biggest companies in the world, like in any industry, and they're publicly owned, um, or Nike is publicly owned. And what that means is essentially they have to deliver profits, which means they have to deliver sales, and a lot of those sales are of lower price point products to all over the globe. So at this point, to switch everything to sustainable products would essentially destroy their profit margins and shareholders wouldn't have it. So it would never happen. They, they can't make those decisions at the moment. We do think that there'll probably be sort of like the occasional product that they've done um, in the past. There's been a shoe from Adidas, which has some recycled plastic on there. But 
the traceability is always questionable, I think, like where those materials come from and how much of the shoe is actually made of what they what is claimed to be made of, essentially. So we are sustainable or eco-friendly, like to our core, like everything that we do balances, you know, the performance with the planet, which means we can essentially make decisions which less our profit on products but increase the sustainability of something and there's lots and lots of examples in other industries not in football of you know market leaders either working with you suppose startup brands smaller brands that have specialties so i think of like innocent smoothies for example like they were bought by i think it was pepsi pepsi or one of the big drinks companies and you'd say, well, why can't they just make smoothies? It's like, well, they have a team there, they have the technology, they have all the processes in place. It's easier for them to acquire that brand. Similar to like Tesla have gone about in a slightly different way. Like 10 years ago, you look at Tesla and they now make electric cars, which all of the other brands are trying to catch up with. They have a market cap, which is bigger than the majority of their competitors in any automobile industry. And then probably the closest comparator brand would be like Allbirds. So Allbirds make sustainable trainers. They started making trainers from wool. I think they're I think they're based in New Zealand, and you know they're ten years old, and they're they're valued at a couple of billion quid now. I think, and they got to a size where when Adidas want to make sustainable trainers, they partner with Allbirds, which is crazy, right? Yeah. Because one of the biggest brands in the world, why don't they do it themselves? Well because all birds have all of the processes in place. They have the technology, the suppliers, all of the material, all the data, all the IP. So it's easier for them to, to work with the specialist, essentially. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Jake, I, I think I could have put that, that question into chat DPT and I probably wouldn't have got as uh, good an answer as uh, you gave me there. So thank you for that. Again, with live and real and tangible examples, um, much appreciated. So I've spoken about Sakito, you know, quite a bit so far. Let's talk about you. Sure. Um, have you always been entrepreneurial? Is this something that's kind of always cool to you? Yeah, I, th- I think so, Bex, to be quite honest with you. So, like, m- my upbringing was a little bit slightly different, I suppose. Like, my, my parents have always been together, they're still together now. But my dad lived in China my entire upbringing. So I did, like, my work experience on a production line at a factory in China for a week. So I've always been around product and he had his own business at that time. And yeah, I've had, I suppose, before I settled on what I was doing, I've had a few what you'd call side hustles, uh, sort of like buying and selling T-shirts as a, whilst I was still at school and that sort of thing. And then the football boots has always just been my passion, to be quite honest with you. Like I used to buy and sell, as I, as I say, buy and sell boots, had a little small retailer that used to specialize in really hard to get hold of boots. But yeah, I think it, it feels like it's sort of in the DNA, Bex, quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I get that. I can understand. And, and talking to you for five minutes, it's quite clear for me to see. I think in the chats that we have, a lot a lot that you say certainly resonates with me. I know that often we'll miss each other because we're too busy trying to juggle different bits and pieces. So yeah, I can I can attest to that. Do you have a question? When, when we talk about growing businesses and stuff, everyone kind of sees how positive things are and I'm probably a bit closer to Sakito than the next person listening to this. Sure. What's the hardest thing that you've had to kind of encounter and deal with in terms of 
grow into keto so far? It's a great question, Bex. Like honestly, there's been there's been so many challenges. Like I think you 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 can obviously appreciate it being in a similar position running a business. Like it's just it's just really hard, isn't it? Like there's just not enough time in the day to do everything that you need to do. So there's issues in everything, like working with the right people, getting the right products. Issues that then come off that, like if you have an issue with a part of a product, for example, or you have some cash flow or fundraising issues. There's a lot you have to deal with and a lot falls on your shoulders. So, yeah, it feels like you you taking the responsibility, I suppose. But I don't have one example rather than it's just pretty fucking hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's constant firefighting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's good fun at the same time. And I think that's probably why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Um... I, I, I personally couldn't imagine doing anything different. I had someone describe it to me as whack-a-mole the other day, which I, and you probably completely understand. It's just, yeah. you know, you kind of deal with one thing and the next thing comes up. And for yeah. some reason you keep going back day after day and and, you, <laughs> and next thing you know, you've retired. You just can't get enough of it. Exactly. And it's it's one of those things where, like I figured out pretty early on that, you're never that far away from absolute failure and you're never that far away from unbelievable success. So just sort of like roll with it, roll with the punches and take it as it comes and there'll be some shit times, there'll be some really good times, but just go with it. Yeah, it's fun, it's fun. So for a bit of context, anyone that's listening, you and I first met via the excellent Kate Hamer of Axis Starts. And if I remember correctly, you were in between organising promo video work and supplementing an interview with Tom Cleverly with Sky, another of your professional footballer investment team members. Yeah. Um, most recently, we've come together to work on the latest round of investment, um, more specifically, your drive to have a female athlete syndicate. Let's elaborate a little bit on that. Um, can you talk me through a little bit more about your thinking, obviously, with what you're, well, well allowed to say? Let's, let's go in. Yeah, sure. So you summarised it very well. We have grown a lot of of our sort of investment side of the business via professional footballers and essentially we are raising cash again because we're, we're growing at quite a fast rate at the moment in europe and also internationally and we are really keen to sort of expand our investor network into the female athlete space because we are planning on some female specific products and we would like to have a group of those individuals involved within the company but we also appreciate that, you know, there's, I suppose, specific requirements for that group in terms of, you know, what they can afford, how we have to structure things. So we've decided to sort of, I suppose, change how we're doing to cater for that that group a little bit, which is what obviously, Bex, you're helping to coordinate. But what it means is it's, I suppose, more attractive to that um, athlete group and the guys that we have involved at the moment, we have 16 footballers. They're playing mainly in the UK, but also in Germany, in the Netherlands, in Greece, so all over the place. And they're in, involved for a variety of reasons. So they either have a big interest in sustainability. So Georgie Kelly of Rotherham, for example, who last year studied a master's in renewable energy whilst playing championship football or David Wheeler, who's the PFA sustainability champion 
or Don Bernard, who plays for Forest Green and is captain of Forest Green, the vegan football club. So they have obviously keen links to sustainability. But not everyone, like there's people like John Bostock that came involved because he likes football boots. And um, we're actually very shortly shooting some content with John about how when we met, he was driving this big sort of like six litre Porsche thing. And now he's driving electric because of stuff that he's, he's learned through being involved with Sakita, which is great. And then we also have a couple of players that essentially just want to see a return on investment. So, yeah, we offer essentially part ownership in the company. You buy directly shares within the company and then you can do as much or as little as you want want to with that. So you can have involvement in product development, product testing with helping to utilize your network. Or you can sit back and and see what happens and see if we make money in a few years time, which hopefully we will do. Um, so yeah, there's a big variety of how people can can get involved. I, I love that. I think you, you kind of reminded me of something there. What I love about Sakita and you know my very short time, brief time with working with yourself and the brand so far, you have, you know, you you Jake, you're available to it. You want to kind of answer any questions. You know, it's something you believe in and you're super passionate about. And you know, for anyone that's listening to this, it's for me at least it's super super clear that you have a, a purely good intentions you you believe in everything you're doing you're not kind of just waxing lyrical but you're kind of following through on a, a physical and a physical level too which I, I just think is, is super impressive and I really love that there's kind of an element to bring in a female athlete syndicate I think one of the reasons I decided to engineer a business uh, was probably some 10, 15 years ago that I realised that in women's football and, you know, as I, I continue to say, I'm in my swan song years slash quasi-retired. I, I knew there was never going to be enough money, even if I were to play at the highest kind of realms to supplement the, the normal things in life with, you know, buying a mortgage, you know, building a family, any of that, that kind of thing oh. is sustainable, smart living. Um, just not, not really feasible in women's football, even now there's obviously been such a, a level of growth but there's also that that's kind of put a, a, a bigger level of disparity per team even I know that the budgets across the WSL alone so the top league in women's football are huge you know the margins there you have some teams that are comfortably playing paying players hundreds of thousands and you've got others that are you know barely kind of making 15 to 20 grand a year and it's not you know it's not let's face it, you know, it's not a life that you can kind of build upon that kind of level of salary. So I understand, for me, there should always be a backup for women's football, certainly at this particular moment in time. And certainly for anyone that's been playing for a little while and coming towards the end of their careers, it's about thinking about the next things and how they can move in, into a more shrewd position financially, to say the least. One of the things I love about this uh, with Sakito is you've really opened that door, essentially. It's, it's not something I've ever come across before, the opportunity to invest in a brand, something so close to people's hearts, aka football. But actually, as I said in, in, well, a couple of minutes ago, you have access to yourself. And I know we'll, we'll touch on the syndicate just in a second. You have opportunity to speak to the pitch team, to understand and answer any questions that, that people may have. I just think it's actually a door that's been open that's not open before. And I think because of how Sakito's gone about it and the way you've kind of conceived this idea, I think, again, it just kind of 
for me consolidates your standing and an understanding of what you want to do with the brand and how you want to grow it I think it's excellent yeah and I think that you've summarized it amazingly there base and like I think female athletes have so much to offer I was just being sort of scrolling through to try and find this stat whilst you've been talking because it was so interesting to me and I don't know if you've, you've seen this before but 94% of female business leaders played competitive sport because sport and in particular football in my opinion helps to develop so many skills like communication teamwork uh, leadership it's amazing for that and if you know we can offer routes to female athletes to firstly learn a bit more about how businesses operate from the inside because you you do that you get sort of access to our community of the guys that run the business and then also all of the athletes and we have community sort of groups whatsapp groups and all that sort of thing and then give them a stepping stone into business via football where they understand and they can add value and they're also doing something good for the planet like there's a lot of good points there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're able to kind of elaborate or say too much on this. But um, as you know, I've been working with Sakito and female athletes and trying to marry the two and, and kind of help you with this round of funding. For anyone that's on the fence, any female athletes potentially on the fence, why should they invest in Sakito other than the wealth of knowledge you've already shared? So I think... You know, we we offer a lot. I think, like you say, it's a very unique opportunity to be involved in a business within football and they can really benefit their understanding of businesses as a whole from the ground up. So that involvement can be with product development, with product testing, with working on the with the marketing teams, with seeing how we do certain activations, being involved in shoots. There's a lot of opportunities to see a business 360 essentially because part of our whole goal is to be as transparent as possible and especially when individuals own part of the business like they get access to everything essentially and you know if they are to get involved they benefit their understanding of business they're still involved in football they can add a lot of value and they're also benefiting the planet like I say it's something which you can feel good about being involved in essentially because I do think, like I touched on right at the start, big statement incoming, that Sakito can help to change the world, essentially. And that is mobilising the global football community because it is, like I say, bigger than any other religion or any other social group. It's quite simply enormous. And I think Sakito can be one of the companies which helps to, to spread that awareness of what's going on and then help to make change off the back of that. Sure thing. Yeah, thanks very much for that. Jake, I guess that's everything from me. Thank you so much for your time and for delivering such wonderful answers just filled with knowledge and intel and research. And, you know, for anyone that I've kind of spoken to in recent times about Keto and, you know, wax lyrical about how great the brand is and how great you are as a founder, you know, I, I really hope this kind of alleviates any kind of question marks you might have because I think, the brand, you know, as, as you've kind of heard today, is being led by someone with the, the right intentions and a clear vision. So thanks, Jake. I really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Bex. Always a pleasure. To those listening, thanks for having us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow us on your respective streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, whatever it might be. 
Have a good one and remember to always make collaboration, culture and integrity priorities if you're looking to succeed, whether that's in life or in business.